praise you for all that you've done. We praise you for the gift of your son as we've just come out of Christmas and we celebrate that. We're so thankful that you made right what was wrong in the garden all those years ago. You made a way for us to be able to be with you and we thank you for that. Jesus, we thank you today for your obedience to the Father and on our behalf. And we give you all the praise today. Uh, we, we want to please you with our lives. And we pray that that is what is on our mind daily as we do our daily activities. We pray that um, your word would work in our hearts the way that it should. We pray that your word would work in, the, in our hearts this morning the way that it should. We pray that, uh, that you're glorified in us because we know that we are, are no longer our own. We've, we've been purchased with your son's blood. We don't necessarily grasp all that that means right now, but we know that when we stand before you, we will. God, so I pray that you'd help us to be obedient till that time. We look forward to looking into your word now in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. A sweet time of worship. So we were not here for New Year, so Happy New Year, right? Our first message of the new year, and we've got Group Connect. Before we get started, some announcements. Uh, obviously, Group Connect today, so after this service in between, and Pastor Justin's going to come up here in just a little bit and have something to share too, um, we'll have some opportunities for you to be able to get plugged in, to be able to look at the different opportunities to to get plugged in for us to grow together and for us to serve together and for us to impact this world together. So that's today and next week. We're going to do that. Um, men, men's retreat is next Friday. Right now we have 232 men registered to go. Is that awesome? And, and I expect there's some more of you that have been on the fence as to whether you're going to go or not. And so today's the day to walk out there and let us know you want to come, and please do not let finances keep you from coming. If that's the reason you're not coming, we have men that have been giving to make sure that you can go. So I'm speaking to you right now. Yes, in your heart, you know this is true, all right? You need to come out and, and, and talk with us. If there's other things that are keeping you from coming, we understand that. But the, the blessing is, you know why it's the, the number 232 is awesome? Because God cares about souls, and every one of those matter to him. And so when we can get together, we can grow up together, we can be challenged by God's word. Um, and so we're, we're uh, saying, please come, we would love to have you there. So Lori and I were reflecting on when we first came to this church. So I got saved in 1987 in addiction, okay? So, I, so once I got saved, I was a saved addict, all right? So that means now there's a lot of change that needs to happen. I'm this new baby um, in Christ. And Lori had already been saved before me, and then we end up at this church uh, because we started looking around for churches, and we ended up at Salem Heights Church. She, somebody at her work invited us to come try this church. And we came in, and for several weeks, Pastor Ron offended me deeply, like every week. I come in going, <laughs> this dude is killing me. Like, like, I have to change and stuff, you know? And so we're, we're sitting there, and literally I'd walk out going, okay, I know what he just shared is truth from God's word. I've got I've to go back and... I've got to go back now and let, let God change me because I can't do this. Um, but she was telling me uh, this week also that for her, she got plugged into a woman's group here early on, and, and they worked through, I think it was Disciplines of a Godly Woman is what we were thinking or something like that, and Beth Wood was leading that. And they got done with their, uh, whatever it was, 10 to 12 weeks, and Beth looked around the room and says, now who's ready to uh, share this with other ladies? 
which one of you la ladies is now ready to help lead one of these because we're growing as a church? And my, my wife was like going, no. <laughs> like, no, I'm here to be fed. I'm not here to do that yet. And what she was sharing with me as we were discussing this message, and I've got about 20 minutes with you all, so I'm going to try to, we're gonna, and then Pastor Justin's going to come up. But the reality is what she shared was that working with children here helped prepare her as she was doing lessons with the kiddos to then now she leads the ladies in the most excellent way. Um, and, and in particular, she helps the ladies that are coming in not wanting to give up on their kids or their husband or others who are in addiction. And, and God's got them as works in progress in how do you minister and come alongside and not give up. So here she is all the way down the timeline. Now we're in our 50s, right? We got here at 22 years old-ish. And, and without people investing in us, but also without us letting it happen, where we would actually let people invest in us. Because I'll tell you how my mindset was coming out of the old life. It was like this. If I don't know you, I don't trust you. And I literally walked into this church being saved, but with that mindset. I don't know if anybody, I know all of you don't think that way, but that's how I thought. Like, for me to plug in at a church, I don't know you folks. You know, I hear all kinds of nightmare stories about people getting taken advantage of by churches and stuff. I know I'm saved now, but I don't know you. And so ultimately, what we say to folks now on Monday nights that come in seeking victory over addiction, and then they get saved is, it, 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 you know, if you'll keep showing up, you'll find out you can trust us. You'll find out this is real. You'll find out that it's not just an act, that what's going on behind the scenes is true. And I'm watching people nod that are coming out of the most excellent way. They go, yeah, it's true come down the timeline, everything changed. And so let me pray with you, and then we'll work through a few thoughts this morning. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 5, particularly verse 14, for those of you who, who like to get ahead. Um, but let me pray with you all. Father, thank you for this morning, and thank you for each person that's here, and the beauty of transformed lives, the beauty of new birth, and then the growth process that, that grows up people into fruit-bearing adults. Thank you. And we're asking you to do that for all of us in this room. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So your notes say this, Happy New Year. For many people, this time of year is a time to make fresh starts, to lay out goals and proclaim resolutions. The new year becomes a time of hope to accomplish something that they have really been wanting to do. Many proclaim Happy New Year, but really they are wanting something in their life to change. As we come to our first Sunday message of 2019, we will see something in God's word. God does not wait for the new year, and he isn't wanting his children to wait for the new year to grow up in his family. He wants you to enjoy every day with him, growing more and more in him as your days unfold. The reality is that the new year is for measuring time, and God has your time in his hand. Your father wants you to know this promise. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. God clearly states in his word that he has given you a special day. It's called today. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart, but believe in him and follow your creator's voice because with 365 day todays in a year, we have the opportunity to grow up and change every day, receiving his promises every day. Then, as Jesus commanded us, we are to go and help others grow up as well. There was a little girl born right at midnight in Boston. Her name was Adeline. Got that picture for us? There she is. Oh, right at midnight, like right at the stroke of midnight, the first baby born in Boston. Little Adeline 
she came into the world and there's great celebration and you can go online because it was so celebrated because she was the first baby born in Boston, right? And, and so ultimately that night, here's family gathering around the mom and, and everybody's celebrating the birth of this new little baby and rightfully so, right? And you know, she'll get that new baby look, will start coming off a little bit and then she'll, she'll uh, as she continues to grow, she'll change. You know that the key here is there's got to be an investment in that little girl, right? All that celebration means nothing unless somebody starts, you know, feeding her milk. And according to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, um, we come to God craving this pure spiritual milk as babies that get saved. And, and ultimately, this baby is born, and if somebody doesn't start investing in that baby and feeding her milk, that some, a tragic is going to happen, right? Something tragic. And, and for a while... What happens is that's pretty much, there, there's not that much to do. Uh, it's just hard, right, for all of us that have gone through that process. It's not that much to do at first. It's you got to feed them. You've got to change them. They cry a lot. They have needs. But wherever that little baby uh, is for a while is where the mature person puts them for a while, right? The baby for a short time has to be fed, diapered, cared for, hugged. But really the mature person in that baby's life is taking them and putting them somewhere and then helping them get around, but it changes quickly, doesn't it? And so then as they, they eat and, and they get nourished, they begin to change. And then they're crawling, right? And, and, and then after a little while, and that right there is a big challenge in the home, true? Once they start to crawl, everything changes. But then they get up and they start teetering around. And now, oh boy, everything changes. And then as they begin to grow, but you know what? The parents are just loving every moment of that. We're excited as they're crawling. We're excited as they're walking. We're excited as they begin to run. We're excited as they're beginning to do things on their own because the investment, the cultivation is producing something in that little one. That's what we're after. That's what we pray for. It's why we celebrate it. It wasn't supposed to stay in one place. But the, but the reality is without per, proper nourishment, that baby uh, would never accomplish that without people coming alongside and caring, mature people coming alongside and caring for that baby, never gonna happen. Isn't it interesting, like in most of the, you know, the animal kingdom, the babies kind of come out, a lot of them just like kind of ready to run, you know? Not humans, it's not the way that works. And so they need the pure spiritual milk of the word, new Christians do. So here's a true statement. The Christian life should be marked by spiritual growth, true? You know that angels long to look into the mystery of the gospel, the transformed life. The angels are, uh, they, they love salvation. They rejoice, according to Luke, when, when somebody repents. The angels were there celebrating Christ's birth. The angels have watched mankind since the creation. And, and in the midst of that has seen the loving God come alongside mankind all the way down the timeline. And the angels as messengers, as protectors, as celebrators, but as worshipers forever, watch you and I, and they just love the mystery of a life that's transformed and is growing and is changing and is changing the world. Gospel sharers. As you turn to Hebrews chapter 5, if you're not there yet, a child's Life is marked by milestones. They, they drink milk and then more food and then become, they become more and more mature until they're able to do these things for themselves. 
and that's what we want for them. The author of Hebrews in chapters 3 and 4 has just described how Israel had been liberated from Egypt, but then would not listen to God's voice and mature in the midst of their trials. Every time they got hit with a trial, they would grumble at God and say, why did you bring us out of Egypt? So good there in slavery. They would not grow up and believe God's word over their finite thinking. So many died in the desert. Now, this is Hebrews 3 and 4 is laying this out. But God gave a special day according to those chapters. Today, he says. Don't harden your heart if you hear my voice, he says. And if a person will listen to his voice through his word, which is living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword, it says there in Hebrews 4, or scalpel, it could be translated, sharper than double-edged scalpel, they will then know how to properly come to the throne of grace to receive grace and mercy to help them in their time of need. Because Jesus is not like normal high priests. He is the great high priest who can sympathize with human weaknesses, for he was tempted and never sinned. He overcame in absolute obedience to the Father. Having become our high priest who saves those who believe. Now that is the context of what we're about to read in Hebrews chapter 5, 11 through 14. And it says this, concerning him, Jesus, we have much to say. And it's hard to explain since you, believer, have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness. For that person is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. That's our context. So something about this people group, the Hebrews that the author is writing to, they were struggling with leaving their old life and believing God's word over their finite thinking. They were saved, they're in the family, but they're still drinking milk. They're not maturing to where they're duplicating themselves. They're, they, they need to go, they're, they're having to go back. And he's saying that's not the way it's supposed to be. And so ultimately, how important is it for you and I to be able to discern good and evil in today's culture? See, yeah, I'm hearing important, absolutely, yeah. It's, it's absolutely important, right? All we gotta do is walk out those doors and you get smacked in the face with evil. That which wants to take you away from the living God, your creator, who made you in his image, who angels long to be able to just understand the mystery of everything God's doing outside time and space, because they're in their bound time and space, what they're bound to, right? And he's looking, he's looking, they're looking at us, and he's looking at us from a perspective of, I just want to see him grow up. And so, little children don't know good and evil, true? That's why they need mature people in their lives, that for a time, it's, it, they're taking them to where they need to be, but as they grow and they're invested in and they're taught, they begin to be able to look around them and say, no, God's word says this. No, God's word says this. And then they can take that and take it to other people and help them grow up to become all that God wants them to become. Spirit, you see in the text here that spiritual maturity does not happen overnight. You see it right there in our text, right? This, is, this takes time. And just like that little New Year's baby we just saw, it, you know, little Adeline's not going to grow up overnight. But the process of helping her grow up begins immediately or something tragic is going to happen. 
And the family was designed to help the child grow up. God has this picture of the family of God, and he's drawing that picture from the family of mankind. As he's got a family structure, he's saying, now I have my family. And you know what? Here's the other thing, too, is even if the child says, I'm good, I got this. You ever, parents, have you ever heard that from your little kiddos? No, no, got this, dad. No, no, mom, I got this. I can do this. And you're like going, no, you're not making top ramen as a three-year-old, okay? That's not what we're doing today. Put the pan down, turn off the water. If you're hungry, I'll get you something to eat. But something bad's going to happen, little one, if you get off that chair, right? That we would look at it and go, no, not ready. We're going to help that little child not hurt themselves or even other people around them. And so in the midst of this, even if that child is saying, no, I got this, the mature come alongside with knowledge and wisdom and say, no, no, this is the direction. This is what God's word says. Don't go over there. Go here. Get north. Get your compass right. Let us help you. Let us help you grow up. Then one day you won't just be boiling hot top ramen. You'll be cooking any meal you desire to cook. And you won't ever have to worry about hurting yourself or others in the midst of those things. But the goal is for that little kid to be able to make top ramen for themselves. True? Why would a little child not really want, and we're all called little children, by the way, if we're going to talk about going and getting plugged in at Salem Heights and saying, okay, I want to get plugged into, like for us, it was we got plugged into a small group, and I think the Domeyers were actually a part of that way back in the day. And, and so in the midst of that, the parents of the Domeyers, these Domeyers, those Domeyers, lots of Domeyers, here's the deal. It's 1988, 89, we get plugged into a small group. Then I, I got plugged into men's growth, and she got plugged into women's growth. And then in about 1990, we decided we're going to serve the high schoolers. We're gonna, we got invited in to help serve high schoolers. And so this process started unfolding of going from being infants to growing in God's word to taking that step of faith and going, oh, this isn't going to be easy, but we're going to go invest in high schoolers, okay, or middle schoolers too. We did that also for a period of time. And then what Lori had said was that helped her then be able to do what she's doing today at 53 years old, all of that process. And then we also did cubbies for a year. We led the little three-year-olds. Cubbies on a rope, that was a lot of fun, right? They were tiny. Um, but why would people say, I don't really want to do that? Well, fear could do that. I'm afraid I don't have anything to offer. I'm afraid I don't know enough. I'm afraid, I mean, I'm saved, but I don't know that I, anxieties. But God is saying, oh, no, child, no, no, you come in, I'll grow you up. I've gifted you. I've given you the ability to do this. Don't be afraid to do this. Don't let your anxieties keep you from all the potential of, and, and the cultivation to bear, bear fruit. Don't, don't let that happen. There also could be a self-centeredness. You know, I'm kind of a consumer. I don't really want to, you know, I'll show up. That's good. I know you got a lot for me, but I really am not really wanting to invest back. That could happen. Because we live in a consumer mentality in, Amer in America, True. So we have that mentality, then we get saved as an addict. And now we got to change. And then somebody's preaching a message that just beats the snot out of you, and you go, oh, crud, you know. That is what that says. I don't know if you, you know, again, that's what happened to me. And so in, in the midst of this, that self-centeredness, because you know what addiction is. It's just selfishness run amok. It's what it is. And, and I'm not sure how could come up. I'm not sure where, where to go. Well, we got that laid out for you today. And if today you go and you check around and you still have questions, all of us want to answer those questions, whether it's Pastor Justin or myself or Pete. But our next point is spiritual maturity is impossible without the nourishment of God's word. We, need, we crave that milk, but then we have to be able to continue to grow up, and we've got to be in the word. 
That's why we have these opportunities for all of us to plug in. A child's growth is stunted without proper food. And we see this as we do mission trips all over the world. For some of you that have gone to Guatemala, you've seen this, right? Without proper nourishment, growth is stunted. Pastor Justin and I were talking about that. And so ultimately, we've got to be in God's word. And, and, and if a child is resisting that nourishment, isn't it nice that God says, today, if you hear my voice, my word, don't harden your heart? He's not saying go back and try to make right all the days that led up to this. He's saying no today. And so we've got to remember that, that we cannot grow unless we're fed. So our next point is spiritual maturity is more than knowledge. It is growing in wisdom. To know but not to do would, would actually make us unwise. True? You ever know in a kid that knows the right thing to do but does not do it? Or knows the wrong thing and then goes ahead and does it? The reality is knowledge does not equate to obedience. True? It's saying, God, give me the heart that even wants to want to do things the way you've laid out as my creator. I want it. Please help me. I'm weak. But in the midst of these things, spiritual maturity is more than knowledge. It's, it's growing in wisdom, the skillful application of knowledge. Because as that then happens within the believer, the mature can go get their own food and give nourishment to others. Once we know God's word and we say, this is truth, and my finite thinking getting in the way of that truth is not going to keep me from living out that truth. God, you do it through me. I need your power. Then that wisdom that comes out of that, discerning good and evil, being able to look at situations and saying, no, God, would, his word says this. We can then come alongside others and help them and help nourish them and point them back to proper nourishment. That's the goal. Because Jesus' last command before he ascended to his disciples was go and make disciples. As you are going, men, that's that, the way you can translate that, go and make disciples. Well, what, we've just, what we're laying out here is that process. So then spiritual maturity is a lifelong process. We never stop here. We're always trying to be in God's word consistently to be able to have this working on our hearts and minds no matter how old we get. You know there's evidence in scripture that that is really needed, and it's this. The one who brought the law off the mountain, Moses, true, still needed God's grace because Moses struck Christ, the rock, in his old age because his pride started making his life about himself. And he said, do I, do we, me and Aaron, have to bring water from this rock for you folks again? Again, you grumblers. See, he needed to be abiding in Christ still, even in his old age, because he, made a he had a defining moment. So this process does not stop. It's lifelong. The growth of a child of God is to continue until they see their Savior. And then Moses did see his Savior. And because Moses struck the rock, Aaron saw him sooner. It's a tragic event, and yet Aaron goes to see the Lord, and it says, because Moses struck the rock. I'm calling you home early, Aaron. See, the mistakes we can make as a little child as we're growing affect ourselves and others, but even the mistakes, the sins that we can commit as an older believer who gets prideful can have the same thing happen. So this is a process that needs to be unfolding. And, and also this, as seasoned saints, we should be coming alongside the younger in wisdom. 
Here's the beauty of being able to work with men in men's ministry and then people who are coming out of addiction. The growth process of drinking milk to finally eating solid food is beautiful to watch. It's addicting to be a part of. It's a lot of fun. And, and the reality to see people start to go, no, God's word matters more than what I, my feelings or my flesh wants or what somebody else told me is okay, but I know God's word says it's not. When you watch people start to discern good from evil like that, and their whole lives are transformed, and then they begin to reach out and transform others because they show up, and showing up changes everything, men. That's the theme of the men's retreat. They show up. The beauty of it is we all get to do this together till we see Jesus. And he keeps adding to the numbers here. And because he keeps adding to the numbers here, there's more servants needed. And so we have Growth Connect. So at this point, what I'm going to do is invite AJ. You're going to lead us in, in worship right now, just a worship song, and then Justin's going to come up. Pastor Justin's going to come up. Good? All right. Let's do that. Is that, is that. Was that the plan? It seems like that was the plan. It is now. <laughs>